now all of a sudden I'm trying to think of the, the show that had the floating heads or something. Hey, everybody, it's No Driving Gloves again. I uh, hope you've really enjoyed the last couple of weeks of interviews. Again, some kind of exciting ones of, you know, drop from Courtney to Matt. to if, And you can put the last names in. If you don't know, go back and listen. We're going to do something a little bit different. We've uh, released a recording a couple of weeks ago with Ben Keating. Sean Yoder hosted, did the whole thing himself. And actually, I thought it was a pretty good um, interview. And I was kind of jealous not to have been there. Will's finally reaching into his bag of tricks and friends and buddies. Finally, what? <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? Well, Will was a little bit um, influential in the Courtney one. So. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, maybe. Just a little bit. Yeah, he, He's good at getting uh, phone numbers, but we just won't tell his wife that. I, you know, back to the old college <laughs> days there. She don't, she don't listen. We can talk That's about it. That's what she said uh, last week or the week before, too. We'll, we'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> Will invited the guests this evening. We're going to just kind of turn it over to Will, and I'm going to play follow the leader to Will, and he's moderating, and I think we've got Sean in the corner also, so we'll see who's. I'm just in the corner. I'm just going to hang out up here and, and just see what happens and talk about 632 cubic inch engines that I have behind me right now. That's big money. We have uh, Johnny McDevitt from Blueprint Engines. If you're not familiar with Blueprint Engines, they're uh, the leader in uh, aftermarket engines probably in the world. They make their own blocks. They make their own heads. I mean, they're just a, a super killer company that we're happy to be a part of uh, many endeavors through Big Oak, through the uh, the show with Courtney, through whatever. They're just a really good company to deal with. Johnny and I actually met at a Holly EFI dealer training. We kind of sat next to each other, and uh, it was like immediately we just kind of clicked and become friends like that week and stayed in touch with each other, and it's wound up being not only a good personal relationship, but a good business relationship. John, if you want to jump on and, and kind of go into a little bit more about what Blueprint does, what y'all are known for, um, and what y'all enjoy doing. I know you got a personal project at your house that, well, I'll say personal, it's a, it's a company slash personal project that uh, maybe a little engine development going on for the future. I don't know. Sounds pretty cool. So take it over. Yeah. Little semi-secret stuff going on, but they, that, that's, all <laughs> cool. that's all, that's why you tune into stuff like that is to kind of get the insider stuff. So that's cool. But yeah, like Will said, uh, we met out at the Holly EFI training for dealers and it's kind of hit it off from there still catch up and uh, talk business every once in a while and all that. And it, it, it's a good relationship. Does some great things out of his shop. And uh, yeah, I just get along real well. So uh, he had actually run a blueprint engine, one of our LS3 strokers with 625 horse, the 427 in uh, the rocket wheels car that he built up. And um, I think before he even knew who I was, we ended up talking about that car and that's how they, feed on that thing and they try to break it which we don't necessarily want you to do with our engines but they try <laughs> and, uh, we've tried pretty hard <laughs> right right i mean i saw that thing at ls fest on the autocross and just wailing on this thing and it was pretty cool we had a booth set up at ls fest and uh probably had 10 guys come up and tell me they were autocrossing our ls's and just wailing on these things and you know they had yet to break them so uh the cool thing about our company we dyno test every single engine that we do if it leaves our facility with uh, heads and an oil pan, it's been dyno tested and ran. 
even our long block engines that we sell without an intake, we still dyno test them and then we just pull the, you know, the shop and take back off of them before, uh, before they go out. So I think we're up to 12 dyno cells now. We do 50 engines a day. We do GM, Ford, Chrysler, uh, LS, big block, small block. Um, might be some new Mopar stuff coming down the line that I'm working on at uh, on a side project for a, a power tour car. It's a great company. Definitely, uh, I'd say one of the premier, uh, probably the premier performance grade engine manufacturer out there. We're not just a division of a you know a, a big engine company or a big automobile company. We're a true blue performance engine company to where that's that's what we do. Um, so I guess that's blueprint in a nutshell. The uh, let's just kind of talk about maybe each line that y'all do. I know Chevy, Ford, and Dodge in the near future. The Chevy stuff, man, it, it's it's big block, small block, LS. If I wanted a big block Chevrolet for a you know a Chevelle, what are my options there? Sure. So our I guess our smallest big block Chevy is a four ninety six stroker. Uh, that's the only big block Chevy where we use a season block. So it's a you know a two piece old school block, and we do a four ninety six out of it. And that's kind of our entry level. It's one of the that's the only big block where we have an iron head option. Even some guys want to keep it kind of old school and just get something fairly mild if you can call that mild i guess and then yeah we've got a 509 we've got a uh, 540 and then we do a 572 tall deck and then we do a 598 standard deck and then we go back to the tall deck for our 632 so every single one of those engines is pump gas friendly we have the same 30 month warranty on every single one of them even the big 632 uh, we can do carbureted or EFI on every single one of them. And most of those big blocks outside of the 496, we, we cast our own block in the U.S. And uh, we, you know, we make almost everything in that engine ourselves. It's truly just, you know, it's a blueprint engine in the shape of a, a, a GM, essentially. So, yeah, that's our GM line. And then uh, the LSs, we've got some, some short blocks that, we, you know, we take a, a truck, a six-liter, and then we go up to, we get into the LS3 aluminum blocks uh, pretty quick. We do a, a newer a newer engine for us. It's a 530 or 6.2 liter. Sell a ton of them. It's an awesome price point. Uh, it's priced better than the next leading competitive, what we call it a 525 horse. Ours is a 530. A little longer, or a little longer warranty period. We dyno test every one of them. Some other companies don't. Some pretty cool stuff in our LS line too. And then that 427 that you guys have, that's kind of our, our bruiser in the LS market. We do quite a few of those too. She's a beast. That's I know. GM. Right. Yeah, it's a it's a good one, definitely. And then uh, you want me to talk about our Ford and our Chrysler lineup? Uh, you know, I, I'm sure there's some Ford people out there. I don't you know, I don't know. <laughs> Sure, sure. We do. We do a ton of small block boards. Yeah, we do uh, a bunch of three hundred two deck stuff. We have a three hundred two, and then we have what we call a three hundred six, which bumps up to aluminum heads and a roller cam. And then we do a three forty seven, you know, stroker based on a three hundred two deck motor. Then we have a four hundred eight Ford, and then we do uh, a fact. It's a four twenty seven engine. We do it primarily for one of our other partners out there uh, called. Factory Five Racing, they're a great company. 
but we have a 427 that goes up to 541 horsepower and it's in its highest configuration. So um, some cool stuff with Fords there too. We're going to eventually do our own block here. So you have to kind of look out for that in the future. It's kind of insider information, something we're, we're working on coming down the pipe here one of these days. And then, uh, so I'm a Mopar guy. And when I first came to Blueprint, we didn't do a whole lot of those. We uh, actually adjusted discontinued the big block, which kind of broke my heart. We did a 493, but it uh, just got to the point to where we couldn't find enough cores to reliably build those motors. And we had a flat tap at 408 with uh, iron heads and a flat tap at 408 with aluminum heads. And I'm like, all right, guys, we got to come out with uh, something, something new, something a little more exciting. So we got rid of the flat tap it, aluminum headed 408 because I've got a 408 in my dark race car. I wanted something more along those lines. Came out with an aluminum headed 408 with a full roller cam design and uh, route ruler valve train. So that 408 Chrysler is something we offer now. It's on our website. That's been selling really well for us. I was definitely excited to get that one up and rolling. And then kind of in tune with our LS market and losing the big block and kind of looking at the modern side of things. Uh, we've seen a lot of these high dollar, you know, B body restos, E body restos and the big block Christ is not the go-to power plant anymore for a lot of these, a lot of these cars. And just like the LS has kind of surpassed the, the big block Chevy and even the small block Chevy in some markets, we started looking at gen three stuff that's on the table. Uh, the gen three Hemi is something that uh, we the parts to build we've got a couple mules going together one of them is going to end up in one of my personal vehicles which is going to go on the power tour so kind of a proof of concept for us for the gen 3 hemi but if all goes well there i wouldn't be shocked to see us doing one of those i don't know we'll say six months you know just keep it keep it loose in general but kind of excited about that project and that hits home for me being a, a mopar guy too so i got enough of them in my garage might as well might as well do one anyway. So <laughs> maybe a uh, SEMA new product. Um, I don't know if it'll be done by then. I would like it to be. Okay. <laughs> I know my tester wheel that you know we're gonna wail on and see what breaks and see what kind of power and all that. That'll be done. But that car is a little more of a kind of a ratty muscle vibe. It's not really a SEMA build. So it's a good power tour car. It's a good. Uh, see something click off a nine ninety, and then you're like, what the heck was that thing? If you took a, a kind of a ratty car and not a per perfectly show stopper to SEMA, you might catch a little bit of attention. You know, this nice, pretty night motor in it. Or am I wrong? No, it's, there's, there's some crazy <laughs> stuff there. We were right next to uh, what the General Mayhem, I think it was, that charger that had the Hellcat motor in it. Ours probably won't be too far removed from something like that. In my car, it's a 75 Roadrunner, or at least it's dressed up like a 75 Roadrunner. And people don't even know what that car is. The owner saw it of our company and he goes, don't you pick such an ugly car for? And I was like, well, that's a valid question. <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, so a lot of people will see that thing roll by and not even know what it is. It'll be kind of neat. Yeah, and if you show up at a, a car show or a cruise night in a 75 Roadrunner or a 70 Roadrunner, you're probably going to get more questions than the guy with a 70 Roadrunner or a Superbird because it's going to be that question is why the heck did you do that, that to this? But isn't that the way we do our cars is to uh, attract attention and meet people and kind of, we wouldn't do it if we were saying, right. 
Yeah, I've always been a drag racer uh, growing up. And I, you know, 16 years old, I never had the money to, you know, go out and buy a Chrysler Cuda or, you know, a Charger or anything else. So I ended up with a 74 Dart. And to me at the time, like, I didn't even know that those cars were a little less desirable than the early Darts just because the grill was different, taillights were different. Made no difference to me. I had a car that I paid half as much for as, you know, the next guy up. And uh, that's kind of hot rodding 101. That's what I've been kind of about, you know, since day one. So, yeah, I'm with you. You got me convinced. There's just a couple more people more important than me that get to pick the cars uh, that go in the SEMA booth. But <laughs> Well, I'll say I was at a Wellborn three or four years ago for one of his shows. I don't know if it was meeting in the Mopars or something. And I can't tell you a single car outside of his collection that I saw at that show other than the guy with the 78 Plymouth Valari station wagon that had, you know, 360 engine swap and, you know, was kind of built up, but still looked like a station wagon. Right. So, you know, I'm also the guy that told Courtney Hanson a couple of weeks ago that the car I regret never buying was an 84 Azuzu. So pickup. So, <laughs> so I'm, you know, I've already proven that I'm kind of insane. You know, I, like I said, I, I like the different and being different in the car. You're going to do anything radical to it body paint wise, or is it going to be more of a stock appearing thing? Uh, it's about four colors right now. It'll probably stay that way for the power tour. We've had a couple of conversations about that, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. I, first I was talking to Will and I'm like, I won't even insult you by trying to ship this thing down there or something. And, uh, you know, just great shock with, with what it is, but, it's uh yeah, it's uh it's gonna be just kind of ratty muscle for the power tour. I got too much other stuff to do to it, but there might be a couple of turbos hide under the hood by the time it's all said and done. So it'll it'll be fast. Maybe it'll be so fast you won't see the paint job. We'll go with that. <laughs> there you go. The Gen 3 stuff, man, you can make some big power with Gen 3. That market is humongous. I've I've been a part of it for a while now. And yeah, man, that's exciting to hear that you guys are, are coming with I know a lot of folks that are gonna be like, okay, right, show me. <laughs> like, show me right immediately. You you can correct me if I'm wrong. There's really only one company out there that's kind of doing much gen three stuff that uh recently moved to from North Carolina to Detroit. I don't want to say right. Wrong, there's there's a couple out there that offer stuff. I guess what I find with I guess what'll be our biggest competitor in this in this space is price point and just availability. Chrysler's got a couple of great engines that they offer, but you know the, you never know when you, if you can get them or not. Honestly, that catalog's printed and half discontinued before it hits any shelves anywhere. And there's some companies that offer those and they might make hand swap them and stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, ours is going to be a, a completely forged offering similar to that LS3 427. Every time I bring this up in a meeting, I'm like, it's going to be that LS427, only it's going to be the Chrysler Gen 3 version of that. Fully forged, you know, yep. that same area of price point, it's going to come with a controller package and the ECU and all that. It's going to be a turnkey bundle. And, you know, what kills me about the other ones is like, it's either they're not turnkey or they're 18 grand. And it's like, I, nobody can touch that. I mean, well, I mean, there are, there are, I can't touch that. I'll say, I'll say that. So, but if you start looking at something like our LS3, that's 12 or 13 grand, makes 600 horse. And it comes with like the wiring, the ECU and all that. 
nobody's doing that for Chrysler outside of a, a bone stock five, seven, or even the six fours. I'm excited to bring something that, you know, turns 600 and can take the abuse that like that 427 LS be pretty neat. I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. There's going to there's gonna be a lot of takers for that. Bro. I'm hoping so. I kind of got my reputation on this one. So I got to <laughs> <laughs> kind of see the owner and the president start to go like this every time I talk about him. So um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's that market. That market's real. Spent some time working, getting out amongst the Mopar faithful, and it, it turned me into someone. I, I wasn't a Mopar fan. I came to it later in life. And knowing what those folks go through, to like you said, they, you know what they go through to actually find a block and a decent set of heads, and it, the market's huge, but the pickings are slim. It's pretty exciting to hear that you guys are are coming with your own offering, man. That's that's incredibly cool. Incredible. Cool. If we're pushing a little too far on this, just you know, tell us to stop. But I got another question yeah. about <laughs> it. Um, are, are, are y'all are? If we're pushing too far, okay. Yeah, um, us, you know, hey, trying to be nice here. <laughs> you were, you were yeah, right, about it. right. <laughs> but go ahead, um, ask are y'all going to be manufacturing your own heads? The reason for that question is, you know, some of the early or the early Gen Three Hemi's not sure about the later ones. They were kind of notorious for, you know, dropping valve seats and having a few little issues like that. Is that something that I mean? Obviously, I know y'all would address. Yeah. But it, are y'all going to make your own heads and house? So it, it'll be one of those things where time will kind of tell. I, I would on it just to be upfront with this engine. I would say it'll probably probably be an OEM casting to where we we address the valve seat issue at, at least to start. I mean, if it's something that we come out and we're all shocked and astonished and we sell you know so many that it makes sense. Obviously, if you look at our lineup now, you know we have the we make our own small block Chevy heads, big block Chevy heads, a Ford head, and an LS head. You know, if we get to the point where they sell enough, I'd say then, you know, anything's probably on the table. But for a good while, it'll probably be based on an OEM casting, I would say, with with that taken care of. So you hear, hear that. What I'm reading into that is if the Mopar guys step up and they start buying these things and we can... You're proving an aftermarket for this Hemi project by, you know, and taking a huge risk by doing the block in that. That starts to sell, then you guys will make the additional investment and really go after a really trick set of heads. But until until then, you're just going to massage them with the blueprint masseuse, just improve the shortcomings. Yeah, that's, I mean that's accurate entirely, and that's how we do stuff. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say in the next year that we're going to have a Hemi block and Hemi heads. I mean, we have it's all proof of concept. You know, to dive into something like that and get big. I mean, it's taken this this long to get a Ford block on the table, and we sell more of those than we do Chrysler. So as much as everybody gets tired of me here at these meetings of all Chrysler, 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 it's like, well, we got to sell this stuff too. You know, we will make anything to make money on it and to have a good product offering that, you know, we can help the market and help either Ford guys, Mopar guys, GM guys, whatever, you know, any of them, but we've got to sell them. So that that's always the thing of like, you always hear, you know, it's usually the first to say like, oh, well, we wish you made it. We wish you made it. Well, I wish you bought it. You know, that's kind <laughs> <laughs> of the thing. You know, even this, uh, you know, this new 408 uh, small block we've got, it, it's an awesome engine. And I was glad to help develop it and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, we don't do a small block Chrysler head. We take a nettle block casting, we massage it, and, you know, we assemble it ourselves and everything. I would love to get to the point to where the market forces us to do one of those. But, yeah, we got to sell a lot of them. As much as I would love them to be, they're not a small block Chevy right now. Hopefully we'll get there. We'll see what happens. What do you think the 
time investment. If I'm not if I'm not getting too far ahead, we'll come back for your question. Yeah, but what fine. do you th- what do you think that you know you talk about? And I don't want to get into dollars. Don't we're not talking dollars here, but to put it in people's perspective, one of these projects where you're going to cast the block and you're going to develop, you know literally everything on the bottom end so it all works together and you know has bl- blueprint engine reliability and goes out there and can take a beating on the quarter mile you know weekend after weekend etc what kind of time investment in r&d and stuff do you think you have it's sure not a hundred hours how many thousands of hours and then that that kind of you know shows the way why you just can't jump in and do the whole thing really quick. You know, Chrysler's doing it with a thousand people when they design a motor. You guys are doing it with a very small staff and a lot more limitations than a manufacturer. Right. I mean, we're, you know, we're big at 50 engines a day, but yeah, we're not the big three Detroit automotive, you know, company. So um, things take time, definitely. And, you know, with, with different projects that we're working on, um, you know, things get shuffled to the front, to the back, to, I guess, whatever's kind of, hot in the fire right now not to be overly vague but i mean it's a it's years i mean what i've been with the company uh for probably three years now and again i mean a a roller cam la chrysler was one of the first things that i brought up i mean it's been launched for six months that just goes to show that's not an overly exotic or complicated engine to put together and it's not even just the development of that it's finding the time to do it it, it, it's a lot, you know, it's, it's R and D it's field testing, it's stress testing. You have to get on YouTube and look and try to find some, some videos of our facility and just our R and D area and everything. And the first time I walk through and I see 3d printed models of engine blocks and timing covers, and I'm looking at this, this machine in the corner and it's got a crankshaft jigged up in it. And I'm kind of looking at it and something doesn't look right. we hear the crankshaft is vibrating and we have a machine that'll shoot sound waves through a crankshaft and that literally cause it to vibrate and then i'm going to simplify this because they're smarter than me but they can take that you know resident frequency and somehow translate it back to you know stress testing in an engine and we can figure out the uh, cast crank is going to break at 700 or so we're good to use it in something that makes five you know little little things like that and just the stuff that goes on back there blows your mind so not to ramble on about a question you didn't ask me but uh, I guess years is the answer to, you know, to tool up and all that kind of stuff. I love the fact that you're putting that into a perspective that people can understand because I get that all the time in what I do. And most people don't want to, for, for some reason, they don't want to factor in the time that it took to research and develop a product into the the actual price. Like I've literally had people come up to me and they go, well, I'm in manufacturing and I know what it costs to make that. Okay, that's great. You know what it costs to make it. Do you know what it costs to actually research and develop it? And the fact that you have to amortize that into the cost is lost on so many people. And it kind of blows my mind, but you're putting years of product development into this stuff. You got to make that money back. You can't just go, oh, we just did that because we wanted to have fun. I mean, you did have fun while you were doing it. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of times you're having fun while you're doing it. Yeah, it's I, I love the explanation that you just gave, and hopefully that gave some insight to some folks, and they understand that you know when when they're spending fifteen grand for a turnkey engine package, it's not just the cost of materials, hours that it took to assemble. It's literally it's countless dyno runs and countless stress tests in cars and countless 
being bolted into into Will's cars that he's building for folks and going out and actually being real world and that's it's cool, man. It's really, really cool to hear to hear that explanation. Thank you for that. No, I appreciate it. Definitely. I mean, yeah, our our R and D area and the guys in R and D and our our head of engineering and R and D and everything. It's just the stuff that they do. Uh, you know, when they come up, we come up with these, you know, these engine combinations. It's just the, the testing and the design and everything. It, it's nuts. Not to just keep talking Mopar, but that other Chrysler that we did, uh, that was a flat tablet four-way with the aluminum heads before the roller came out. I remember looking up the part number for it, and it was actually a Ford piston. Well, here what had happened was I think that they discontinued making the piston we were using. So we actually took a Ford piston and remachined it to use in a Chrysler. And it's like just to figure that out, I mean that it's kind of it's kind of nuts all the stuff that goes into developing not only a combination but something that's reliable you know that you, that you can dyno test and a lot of a lot of customers will call in they're like oh i want something that's 900 horsepower and you know this and that and whatever and it's like well we build our engines to last you know i've got something to make 800 horsepower but they're still warranted street engines that run on pump gas you know we could put a huge cam in it and bump it up to 14 to 1 and make a thousand horsepower but that's just a different level animal than something that's going to live on the street for you know years and years and years and years so that's just what we pride ourselves in. And, you know, t- to your point, like you said, with cost, I mean, we have engines that start under 3000 bucks and go clear up to, you know, 18 or whatever you want to spend. We do have something for every budget. Our size, it lets us uh, purchase in bulk from suppliers. We don't buy a lot of parts from, you know, sometimes your brand name suppliers, you would say, because we buy them in their raw format from their original source that the big boys are also buying from. We bring them to Nebraska and we machine them. So at that point, you know, it, it's a blueprint crank. Came to us, it didn't go to a name that you've heard of, and then we machined it. We kind of avoid some of those middleman costs. We buy them a thousand at a time, and we pass that on to our customers. And you know, we got an engine for every budget, so it works out for everybody. I think. If I just wanted a set of blueprint heads for my big block Chevy, do y'all offer just heads, or is it just you know complete engines? Uh, we do. We have a we have a parts program. If you get on our website, you click the parts tab. Uh, we do have our own blueprint cylinder heads, which again we own the tooling for those, and we machine them in, in house and assemble them in house. So you can buy heads from us. You can even find some intake manifolds on there. We don't sell rotating assembly parts. You know, at, at the least, we want to sell you a short block just for kind of what I would say the liability involved. Uh, I would rather sell a short block that's been assembled, balanced, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some nice ignition components on there, front drives. We found that a lot of customers, and it's it's just kind of a, a time is money yep. thing. They want to buy as much as they can just from one spot, period. So that was kind of another program that I kind of started when when I got with the company was a, a full fledged parts program. If somebody wants a flex plate or a flywheel or even a water pump, you know, why why don't they just buy it from us? Because we're you know, we might as well sell them a blueprint engine's water pump to go with their blueprint engine. And just like we offer a brake and oil, it just kind of lets people sleep better at the end of the day. If you're using a blueprint brake and oil and you're running your blueprint engine, I mean, kind of goes hand in hand with the warranty. It's cheap insurance, I always say. You know, even most. I'm a huge fan of that right there. Huge. You can make one phone call, you can get your motor, you can get your braking oil, you can get your front drive system. You can get everything that you need from one company. And if you have a problem with that, you make one phone call. You know, you're not calling Summit. You're not calling JEG. 
you're, you're calling blueprint. That's pretty sweet. And you guys have tested all of that together. You know, it worked. You just ship it out. Yeah. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we still have some great reseller relationships and, you know, some at Jag Speedway, you can get our stuff there, but yeah, we're happy to talk to you on the phone too. And, you know, sell that way as well. So it all works out. And one thing I'll say about our staff is we're all hot rodders and some of those, some of those bigger, more corporate speed companies will say, you pull in the parking lot and it's all, you know, Jettas and Hondas and whatever you pull in our parking lot. It's C10s, old Jeeps. It's old school. You got a guy that does truck pulls. I mean, everything. I'm a drag racer. It's like, we're legit hot rodders at the head of RD at the Mustang. A real hot rod atmosphere. Talk a lot of muscle car and we take shots at each other every once in a while. Kind of fun environment to work in, especially on you know, I'm the Mopar guy, we have the Ford guy, we have the Chevy guy. We all beat each other up a little bit, but good atmosphere keeps us keeps us going. Yeah, being a Mopar guy, you gotta learn how to take it on the chin, right? Yeah, I probably get it the worst. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yep. Johnny. I'll 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 be a Mopar guy with you. Yep. There we go. Yeah, we're we're we're, <laughs> we're taking up fifty percent of this podcast right now. We're we're not in the minority tonight. We're we're actually we're we're probably the majority tonight. To be honest. Very oh, actually, John, John's pretty much a Mopar guy. Well, his website. He doesn't have any two point two liter four cylinders. No, we don't. I think the smallest <laughs> thing we have is a three hundred two right now. <laughs> Going back around to what you were saying about the truck pole guy, you've got the drag racer, and, and you, when you go to when a customer calls up and they say, "I have a insert vehicle here that I want to go drag racing with, or I want to go autocross, or road race, or tractor pole, or." Do you guys offer an ability to tune whatever package they're looking at for the application that they want to use it in? Or are you more of a, you know, this is the turnkey assembly. Once you get it, you're on your own as far as the tuning side of it. Or how, how does that work with you guys? Just out of curiosity, because I know a lot of folks, they want to use engines for a lot of different reasons. It's not always, you know, we want to, we want to put it into a, a street rod and cruise it. A lot of folks want to, you know, they want to put that 632 in something that's going to go out. And like you said, you know, they put it in a 2,400 pound car and let's go run some eights kind of thing. So what, how are, yeah. how are you doing? How are you doing that for folks? So, it, you know, it, it's still a 30 month warranty. I mean, there's, there's two sides of it. So there's the war. That's the other question. How the hell are y'all doing that? Right, right. <laughs> like that's, that's insane. So we always say there's two sides to our warranty. There's, you know, every company out there has a warranty policy that's, that's on paper and that's the, that's the legal side of it. And every company has to say that, man. Or you know you got to have that on paper to protect yourselves and even protect your customers and and your installers and everything to some level. But then there's how we treat our customers. When you call in, if you've got an issue, we don't. I guess the industry in itself has changed a lot, and you guys know this. It's the age of the internet. If you don't take care of your customer, uh, somebody else will. And if you don't take care of your customer, whether it's your fault, someone else's fault, whether there's a, a wrench in the engine wrapped around the crankshaft that didn't come from your plant you better help that guy or it just, it always comes back to you. And I, at the end of the day, we'd rather keep everybody happy than, you know, split hairs over, uh, over warranty policies. Now that's not an open invitation to go abuse stuff and take our, our cheapest 350 with hyper <laughs> and go put a bogger kit on it. But at the same time, you know, we're, yeah, but we work with customers to every level we can. And we're probably one of the few companies out there that does have a power outer line 
to where we have some low compression forge content engines to where we we sell them with that warranty knowing the guys are going to put some nitrous on them we're going to put a blower or turbo on them we are aware that many of our engines turn into street strip engines or see some autocross stuff and like i said we're not here to split hairs you know you over rev something to the moon and men all 16 push rods we'll still help you out and you know and take care of you i mean we might have some shipping in it or something like that if it's blatantly obvious that that engine saw you yeah. in racing in road racing it's you know misshift is we we call it a money shift and i'm sure it's called that pretty much across the board if if that happens most people that race they understand they're on their own at that point i mean it's that's not something you did that's that was uh operator error exactly there's a you know there is a a policy on the website that says you know there's, there's no warranty on racing applications but then again everything we sell is a street engine that runs on 91 or, or lower you know it's all about how we'll take care of you if you take care of us type thing that's cool that's no it's really cool and that's respectable yep. that makes a lot of sense yeah with the the turkey engines and all that stuff you know the more equipment we can sell you on the engine if we can sell it with a front drive and a lot of our big ones have a deep sub pan anyway uh, kind of a cool thing to your point, if somebody's going to do some corner carving or some drag racing, we don't void warranties for minor changes. We send you something with an HEI distributor and you drop in your MSD, as long as the cam gear is compatible or whatever, we don't void warranties for stuff like that. Or if your oil pan doesn't fit your chassis, you've got to change your oil pan. You know, we don't warranty gasket leaks on the oil pan at that point, but we're not going to void your warranty if it wipes the cam because the cam has nothing to do with the oil pan we're that's a awesome. good, good company to deal with on that aspect. yeah that's that's cool to hear man that's really cool to hear because i mean that's those are just things that, that people are going to run into you know it's it's a lot of your stuff is it's not like you're walking into an advance and going i have a 1972 chevelle and i need a 390 it's it's going at like that 396 or that 632 could find its way into a mercedes somehow <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. everything's not going to be compatible yeah it's it's cool to hear that you, yeah. you guys will. I should have made a list of just the weirdest engine swaps that I've seen or stuff go into. Would have been a could have been a show in itself. But to the the six thirty two in ten seconds here, we have a guy who has a little Triumph TR something or other. Oh hell yeah! Has a <laughs> in it. I don't even know if it has a trans brake in it, uh, but the thing pulls the wheels like four feet off the ground. I think he runs eight. The the <laughs> carb and the intake stick through the hood like that far on it. That's one of the, the more interesting ones that I've seen. Good Lord, I'm going to go look for that right now. Let's see if I can find that. I'm gonna, I'll put that up behind me in a heartbeat. It's all over our Facebook group. We have a pretty cool, uh, we have an owner's group set up and then just our regular Facebook page. So if you're interested in one of our engines or if you own one already, hit up our owner's group on Facebook for sure. That's uh, under, I assume, they're searching for blueprint engines or something like that on Facebook or? Yeah, the, the Facebook, uh, it's just Blueprint Engines is our page, and then there's Blueprint Engines Owners Group is the, is the owners group. I'm going to ask and be an idiot here. You're building 50 engines a day and figure a 260-day work year. You're building 13,000 motors a year, right? You know, it's number you said earlier. We're talking crate engines, and all we're talking is performance applications and performance applications, and I'm going to put it in my strip car in that. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Are 13,000 people a year buying for strict racing applications for you? Or are some of these engines going into the worst case scenario, just a, my, whatever, my 350 or my small block failed in my Corvette and I put another Corvette, you know, okay, I'll spend a couple grand. I'll get something from you guys. I'll drop it in. It's basically a street, street car and it's a swap. And we all know that anybody driving something on the street 
is actually doing much more damage than a guy most likely uh, racing it. Is the bulkier stuff going to this specialty crowd weekend warrior toys, or do you see a lot of your production actually going into the real world environment? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, no, that's 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 great, and I'll definitely. Yeah, I, I don't want to paint us as uh, as the race edge company because because we're not. You know, again, everything is streetable. So, and like I said before, we have kind of an engine for every budget. So we do have some like a little three hundred two Ford that only makes two hundred and thirty something horsepower. It's just kind of you know the guy with an old sixties Mustang and still has bias fly tires or an early Bronco, and that's just they want something to replace that engine without having to replace the transmission without having to replace the rear end all that kind of stuff so we do have some small block chevys and some small block fords that are are fairly mild for what they are and we do we sell a lot of engines to pure street cars that will probably never see a drag strip or anything like that that's probably the bulk of our customer honestly our most popular engine is right now is a 383 small block chevy makes 430 horse uh, you know, roller cam aluminum heads. And we sell those to, you know, square body Chevy guys. We sell them to Corvette guys, Camaro guys, and most of them are just drivers. And yeah, that's, that's where a lot of our product goes. Do we want to take this now to, we've spent 40 minutes with you talking biz, business. Now let's have fun. Where do we want to go? We can get off the topic. We can stay on the topic. We, you know, I think we've quizzed you 40 minutes and, you know, you're obviously building a car. You're going to do your, car shows and stuff I've, or? I've got i've got one more business question for johnny too bad too late no <laughs> <laughs> i'm the host here remember not you this time <laughs> i know y'all offer efi for pretty much every engine that that y'all produce y'all manufacture a lot of people are still scared to fuel inject anything you know, I, I, I'm a fuel, I love fuel injection. I, I want to put it on everything, my go-kart if I can. So the, the guy that, let's say the guy that's never done a Holly Sniper on a, on a small block Chevrolet before, because he buys the, you know, the 383 with the Holly Sniper, you know, he gets all that stuff in his car. Do y'all support him throughout the install of his build, even with the electronic side of things, or do y'all kind of uh, let Holly's tech line kind of take over? Yeah, I've kind of become very versed in those systems, um, probably out of necessity more than anything, much like yourself. And we took that, that school together down there. You know, we were there for what, eight days, I think. Yep. And uh, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, we're versed in it and we'll help with install and all that kind of stuff. Now, if it, if it comes to like, you know, maybe little service parts that we don't stock, like just the small parts or something, at some point we might defer to Holly, you know, some advanced data logging, that type of stuff. At some point, you know, they might be better than us at something like that. But, you know, the basic install questions, I would say nine out of 10, you know, even troubleshooting stuff. We're pretty good with those systems. Uh, <laughs> Uh, last time I was in town, I I took one of them and wired one of them up on a power unit up in the conference room, brought all the guys in and we just played with the handheld and, you know, kind of learned from start of what setup wizard is and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we're, we're pretty good at helping there too. And we sell the, the fuel pump systems for those and everything else. That's pretty awesome. That's, that's pretty damn cool. 
All right, now for the fun stuff. Yeah, I, so. I appreciate it. I got the logos in all four corners, and I, so yeah, whatever you guys want to talk about, I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to through all night. So <laughs> before we go anywhere, Sean's changed his wallpaper, and he said he was going to or his background. So this is great for the YouTubers out there, reminding everybody that you can watch us. All of a sudden, he's got like a 75 or 76 vet behind him. And this goes from what he had before with the blueprint engine and stuff. Was this something that you found in the search for this, I'm assuming, TR6 drag car? Or? It's on the blueprint engine's Facebook page. It's in their photos. And all I'm thinking, of, I actually, as a former very proud Chevette owner, I've always wanted to engine swap one of these things. Dropping a 331 or a 383 or something like that with a, a Muncie in something like that would just, it would do my heart good. Do you know if that's a car that you actually have done that? Because the Nash that I had up before that, that actually has one of your 331s in it. That was that this this thing. That has, I mean, that's there's pictures of that with a 331 out of y'all's catalog in it. Yep. How the hell do you stuff it? I've never understood how you stuff a small block. There's a couple of little British cars. The Triumph is one, and then uh, the Nash isn't British, but the, the, the British comes to mind because the Triumph, it won a small block forward, the distributors in the front versus the Chevy at being in the back. So there's yeah. odd applications, like there's Triumphs and Rovers and stuff that they end up getting a Ford engine because the distributors are the front and they don't have to run it a clearance. Yeah, I had a friend in high school that had a, a 289 swapped MG and it was uh, terrifying. It was just terrifying. Like for for its time, I guess it was, it just, it didn't even make sense. Like you'd get in it and you'd row into second gear and be like, this is too scary to keep going it's like the whole car just felt like it was going to twist in half um yep. neat stuff there, man I'm, I'm going through y'all's facebook page right now like a little five-year-old i'm like oh they did that they did that they did that yeah, it's, it's cool check them out on facebook y'all i'm gonna say 99 yeah 1999 power tour we were in st louis missouri and in comes a Geo Metro <laughs> with a blown big block. I remember going, geez, Louise, that's uh, that's pretty that's pretty crazy. You know, it was more of a show car than a go car, but you know. We do a 454 small block Chevy, the same bore and stroke as a original 454 big block Chevy, but ours is a small block. Um, there was a guy who had a geo tracker that took one of those and I think twin turboed it. I want to say that <laughs> at least had a single turbo on it. I don't remember the specifics, but did drag wheat with it and all that. And that was, you know, the weird stuff that makes you look twice is kind of neat. Yeah, I like that. I like that oddball stuff like that. That one guy had a, I think it was a Yugo that he had a, uh, two Cadillac motors in it, like 200, 500, two 500 Cadillac motors, one in the front, one in the front. Where did he sit? Yeah. Did he sit on top of the motor? It, they sit. There's no, there's no car they left. Sit, they sit sideways. It was crazy. And he was autocrossing the snot out of the thing. And he could, he could just have the front or he could just have the back or he could have both. Wow. It was crazy. Why not? Why not? Let's, let's go crazy. Yeah. Do it. Let's go. I just found a trike. Oh, yeah. There's the, the Cheetah Trike Company. They buy our small block Chevys, and they put these Zoomy headers on them. And half the times they, uh, <laughs> they have five Zoomies per side, but they're just V8s. And I kind of looked at, like, everybody looks at them and they're like, oh, what engine is that? It was a small block Chevy, but they just put the extra Zoomy on it, you know? 
Yep. That's, um, How do they do that? I think it comes into a log first and then out of the log, if I remember right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then that boss company from uh, LS Fest, if you saw them, they buy our LSs, our big blocks, our small blocks, and they build traditional, you know, big bikes with big blocks, small block power. Yeah. Yeah. Those boss houses boss are insane. Yeah. Y'all build motors for them. The first one of those I ever saw sat that the guy that had it. He pulls up and he puts it over on the kickstand and it's sitting there idling. The bike is literally rotating on the kickstand <laughs> sitting in the parking lot. And all of us are just, I'm, everybody else is looking at it and they're like, you know, what size is the motor? What's this? What, how big a tires on the back of it? And I am literally bent down looking at the kickstand construction and mounting mechanism, trying to figure out how in the, because I mean, that that's a lot of weight. It's, it's, and it's holding this entire motorcycle as it's rotating around in the parking lot, just sitting on the kickstand. I was impressed with the kickstand, not, sure. the, not, the, <laughs> not the rest. Crazy stuff, man. It's it's cool. It's Y'all are diversified, man. Y'all are putting some stuff in some not normal applications. That's really cool. Yeah, definitely. Good customers, right? Honestly, we've got probably the best customers out there. We get all day long as I'm on the email strings, we get just pictures of customers' rides. And, you know, when I have time, I'll grab them and put them up on Facebook or try to put them on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, there's just, you know, gorgeous stuff. And, you know, we're even making a push to sell the complete, you know, even an engine transmission package, something pretty neat that we're that we're working on doing. We can do it right now, but we need to do a, a little better job of advertising that we do it. So, kind of your point of to buying everything just in one shot, you pull a crate up and it's an engine trans and pulleys all bolted together, ready to drop in kind of takes a lot of time out of it for you. So, yeah. The airboat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just, yeah. It's like, you just keep finding crazier and crazier yeah, stuff, uh, man. So cool story about the airboat. Our owner has a couple of them and there was really bad flooding in Kearney, Nebraska, not too long ago. And it was hotels were flooded out up past the first floor and everything else. And a clip of the news came on and it was our owner of our company, you know, great guy out there actually rescuing people who were stuck in parking lots on his airboat with the blueprint engine in the back. So <laughs> it was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That probably made some national news right there. Yeah, I saw it more place than just local. So yeah, it was pretty cool. So your um your dart you got your drag car is does that's that's the same one you had in high school, right? I did. I bought that car at, at 16 years old. Yep. And what's it? Give us a little lowdown on that thing. What's it run? How often you go drag racing? Sure. And you you load up and take the whole family and and go. Yeah, I've got a trailer with the same logos behind me on it. I probably do as much advertising at the drag strip for our non-race engines that I do anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I bought that Dart when I was sixteen. It's you know what I could afford at the time. I had a slant six in it, a little seven and a quarter rear end, and of course that wasn't enough. Stumbled into a 318 to start with, put that in there. That wasn't enough. I uh, actually got a blueprint 408 at one point, and the car ran, I think, 12s on that. That wasn't enough. I didn't work at a blueprint at the time, so I started building my own 408. Yeah, I saw the roller cam. It's that over-the-top build of, like, it's not really a street car anymore, though it kind of looks like it. But it runs, like, 1040s on just a foot brake car. No uh, trans brake or anything. Pulls the wheels probably six, eight inches off the ground. Sublime green, still a vinyl top car. It's a it's a fun little car. Nice. Good mod top, I do. <laughs> the vinyl top, you don't see a whole lot of vinyl tops, yeah. Do it. Go mod top. Go Paisley. I yeah. Dare I've, you. Uh, I've seen those before. They're pretty wild. 
they're they're actually cool, man. If it's on the right car, if it's on the right way, it, they look really cool. They really. Have you ever done any of the like uh, Mopars at the strip or any any of the the bigger Mopar stuff, the the bigger shows and and the Mopar stuff at the Norwalk I've done the different reiterations okay. of that, and then Columbus yeah. was the Mopar Nationals, which was my other one. Yeah. And I've done I've done those, and then a couple of Mopar races. It was funny. There was an all Hemi reunion at at Quaker City, my local drag strip. It's just even if you weren't a Mopar guy, I mean, they had this circus tent set up of all these old like Dick Landy and Don Garlitz, just all these old school, you know, Ram Chargers, Dodges, and all that kind of stuff. In the middle spread of Hot Rod Magazine, when they took the aerial shot of this, was my, I think at the time, 318 Black Green 74 Dart, which like obviously never had a Hemi in it or anything. Probably the only car on the ground that never had a Hemi, but I parked it on the hill near the starting line. They're all Hemi reading and all these million dollar, you know, 426 chargers and stuff. There's my little 318 Dart sitting right in the middle. <laughs> and you felt amazing. Great. You felt like, yeah, amazing. Yeah, magazine spread. And that's right. You totally belong there. It was the way to yep. go. That's that's very cool, and I, I'm still. And now magazines are gone, man. It sucks. Well, I say magazines are gone. Those types are gone. I mean, Will Hub, you know, stuff like that's still out there. Quarterly release, really thick paper, yep. book book like ones are still around. Yep. The, the yep. disposable, yeah, road and tracks, yep. car and drivers. That it's kind of kind of disheartening, you know, to to see to see those go away. You know me, I always got to end it on a bad note, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's kind of disheartening to see this. Guy. Well, tonight, yeah, good night, y'all. Thanks for coming on, Johnny. Appreciate it. Yeah, man, I feel bad for taking all your time and talking the whole time. Is there any, anything else you want to hit on that doesn't involve me? You can write ahead. No, no, that's this what it's all about, man. We wanted to. Why we had you on? We we, wanted, we have uh, enough shows. We talked to, talked amongst ourselves, and we actually done really, really good on this one. We didn't go off on some crazy tangent down a rabbit hole so we did what we wanted to do we wanted to and on, showcase on that note derek Sonner, y'all ever put any uh engines and zambonis just out of curiosity <laughs> just i mean we have to work that in somehow it, it's something you say it's a one to a zamboni guy plenty of sw- hot rod zambonis and, the so airboats and that kind of thing i would be willing to bet there's a blueprint engine in a zamboni somewhere and the zambonis. <laughs> i would be willing to bet that because there's somebody out there that has probably like a street legal Zamboni or some crazy crap that over revved it, that blew up the original engine, and they wanted one with a damn good warranty. So they called it. There were some folks years ago that, that I can't remember what they built it on, but it was like a modular deal they, for the uh, Grassroots 2000 Challenge deal they do every year with drag race, autocross, street drive, all kinds of different stuff. And it's a 2000, like this year would be a $2,020 car. They had a car that had components bolted to it to make it look like a Zamboni. They drive it like that on the street drive. And then they took everything off when they raced it. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm all for a tubbed, a tubbed Hemi Zamboni. Let's, <laughs> let's, gen, let's gen three Hemi a Zamboni and hey, go to town. That sounds like a good drag week. Build that sounds to like me our power tour build, you know. <laughs> I think that's a um, project right there. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I think we'll team up, team up with Blueprint and Johnny and and just do it. How about that? Are we gonna drive it from the Zamboni seat cross country, like oh, open? Well, absolutely. Man, can I can I get how do I get in them on that? What we'll do is we'll have like a bolt on roll cage. And we'll build it all out of aluminum, so it's lightweight. And then we got this, like that Camaro. We got oh, this God. big old 
you know, monster blueprint Hemi sitting in it, maybe with even a supercharger, wink, wink. And uh, we'll have an all aluminum Zamboni street bruiser. Oh my God. And the Zamboni can literally, we can use the Zamboni ice smoothing system. It can wet and treat its own, own tires during the burnout. There you go. You should lay down there you go. as it That's right. Yes. Tires. I like Absolutely. It. Yeah. It, it basically, you pull up to the water box, you drop your own water, you do your burnout, you you go up, you pull back, then you drop the VHT, you spin in the VHT, and then yeah, and and if oh yeah, and, but we got to build it to do road courses too. So okay, you know we can we can <laughs> okay. we can sprinkle a little a little VHT in front of the tires, you know, and it as starts, it's going, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. All, all four times. Oh, now. yeah. Well, just, might, might as well make it all-wheel drive. Dear sweet Lord. I mean, are, if, are we building this? If we're going all out, we might as well go all out. Do I need to start looking for – hey, I'm going to get on the Zamboni, ZamboniTrader.com and see what's – We don't even need available. a Zamboni to start with. That's really true. I mean, it's going to be too heavy. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to start with like a uh, – <laughs> what we'll do is we'll start with like a, uh, a track hawk. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll put the blue. I even go there. Let's just do a tube frame Zamboni, just right. full tube frame. There you go. All right. We'll do a chrome molly Zamboni with aluminum skins, you know. After you let me pick that Camaro up in, uh, up at Big Oak, man, I, that's the way to go right there. That, <laughs> that full roll cage, I could... I'm not the I'm not the picture of human health in any way, shape, or form, but I swear to God, I could pick that entire car up. That weighed nothing. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, huh? See, now we've successfully went off topic. <laughs> See, there we go. Uh, <laughs> that's why I did it. It's, I was like, we, it's not no driving gloves if we don't do this. We have. And to in some quick Google searches, I can't find any with uh, engine swaps. I find them that have pools in them. I find them with custom bodywork. I find them that look like sprint cars. There's one built on a Jeep. So it's just found one for $5,900. Oh, game on. That's a bargain. That's a lot of 75 Roadrunners. Game on. (laughs) How many 75 Roadrunners can you buy for $5,900? If you you want to uh, follow along at, I think, Johnny Max Garage on YouTube and Instagram, where I'm taking pictures of this thing, it's to answer the question how do you take a 75 Roadrunner and make it worth like 12 grand? You put about 15 in it. And then it's probably still on. So I was gonna say if you're only if you're only looking at three grand worth of depreciation, that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's amazing. That's pretty that's good. Actually I'm looking for a seventy-five road. The engine is worth more without the car around it. <laughs> it <Yeah>. would be. <laughs> it's kind of like in uh, last week's Ben Keating episode where uh, Ben decided in his second year of racing he could modify his uh, Viper. And he said, "I cost me about fifty grand to make it competitive, and once I put fifty into it, I'm never going to get that back out. As a matter of fact, I'm going to depreciate it probably fifty grand. So it's going to cost me a hundred thousand dollars to do the, these modifications. So he went and bought another race car instead. <laughs> instead, that's how that works. That is definitely how that works. Once we're done with the Zamboni, we can do one of those." Uh, What's the uh, the airport pushback trolley things? The tugs. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the tug. There you go. Hot rod tug. Hot rod hot rod tug on we, the power tool. We have a marine line. That would come in handy. Boats and jet boats out there with our stuff in them, with our marine engines. 
you said you, you should have made a list and maybe you should have. What is the craziest thing off the top of your head that has a blueprint engine in it? Or what's the craziest combination? The, the little Triumph comes to mind with the 632 in it. And then there's there's a swamp buggy. It's just kind of a tube chassis with a 632. But when he whomps on the throttle, it like pulls the front wheels off the ground. I've seen that video a bunch of times. Man, there's like, there's so many out there. There's I've seen a hearse with our engine. that was like a burnout machine. That's another one. I'm picturing squeezing the coffin between the wheel tubs in the back of the hearse. So. Johnny, dude, thanks for being with us. What's the, man, what's the best way to get a Blueprint engine to your driveway? Sure. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Definitely. It's uh, BlueprintEngines.com. Definitely easy to find us there. We're Blueprint Engines on YouTube. Same on Instagram. Pretty active on social media. But yeah, BlueprintEngines.com. All of our deliveries come with a liftgate service. We'll set it on the ground for you. GM, Ford, and Chrysler, they're all right there. Dyno tested, 30-month nice. warranty. Nice, nice. Now, I know you mentioned it earlier on in the podcast, but you can actually go through Summit or Jags or somebody like that too, right? Yeah, we have a whole string of resellers. Uh, you know, Speedway Motors is right up the street in Lincoln there. And we've got Summit, Jags, uh, well, Pace Performance in Ohio. Uh, lots of resellers out there where you're welcome to call us direct, you know, blueprintengines.com or pull us right up and call us direct. You can ask for uh, Kels, one of our salesmen will take good care of you. I answer the phone occasionally when we're really busy. So if you get me, I might not know how to run your credit card. I can answer your engine questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, man, thanks for, thanks for being on with us and uh, look forward to maybe father on down the road. Whenever y'all drop that Hemi, maybe, maybe getting you back on here and, and uh, talk about the Hemi and just kind of shoot the crap about anything automotive. Yeah, definitely. No, I appreciate it, guys. All great questions. I definitely appreciate you guys having me and kind of focusing the, the show around Blueprint. Like I said, I didn't mean to take your old show, but I appreciate it. And yeah, it's great. We'll have to invite you back and we'll learn a little bit about Johnny instead and figure out some, pull out some of that personal stuff. But it was wonderful to learn and, you know, really dig into, you know, give you a 60 minute talk about the engines. I don't think we could have done it any quicker. I'm going to do our plugs and say, remind everybody, you know, Facebook, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Just look up no driving gloves, uh, no driving gloves.com. Uh, mo we're most active on Facebook and some, making it easier and easier to subscribe and uh, go back, listen to some of our other episodes. I'm uh, having Johnny tonight was great. And um, at that point, I think I will uh, also bow out and say thank you and uh, good evening. Peace. Thanks, guys.